This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. Podcast. I'm your host Gray, and tonight I'm joined by the one and only magnificent Devin. Say what's up, Devin. Hi. I'm just kidding. Hello, Gray. How are you? It was our last one, and that's the best. That's totally your toes. We are also joined by a very special guest, the homies of horror. Say what's up, guys. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hello, everyone. Uh, for people that are unfamiliar with your podcast, do you want to give the folks a, a demo explanation? I don't know why I said demo, but that happened. <laughs> a quick little episode. Um, so, yeah, we're homies of horror. And we are two friends that just like to sit around and talk about scary movies together. Um, we've been friends since college. We went to a performing arts school together and discovered our love of horror movies there. And have just, I feel like horror movies have kind of been like the basis of our friendship throughout the years. It's true. I know. I, th- I think it's. I think it's pretty true. We we had frequent horror movie nights with us and our friends, and like that was kind of our bonding time. Um, and then we just never got over that love for horror movies. I think everyone else might have moved on, but uh, we kind of stuck to horror. So here we are. Yeah. Fast forward with the podcast now. Yeah. That was awesome. I like yeah. that you guys have kept up. Like I don't. Like, I have college friends that all know I was into horror. And, like, periodically they'll see me, like, I'll get the same meme, like, 40 times in a day. <laughs> <laughs> everyone has this impression that I like horror. So, like, when something's popular on the internet, like, people just keep sending it to me. It's like, oh, thanks. Yeah, are, you think I haven't seen this yet? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I love the fact that you guys actually still talk and keep in touch or even started a podcast from it. Um, I... I've never really had that with people. Um, I, that's uh, one thing I really enjoyed. I should have wrote this down. I did not. But your first episode, I believe, was called What Up, Homies? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. not. Yeah. Okay. Spot on. Uh, Got it. Where you guys explain all of this. And um, that's what honestly had me hooked from the get-go. Um, you know, to Devin, was speaking before we started recording. Um, that's something we don't get genuinely sometimes in the podcasting space. Uh, mm-hmm. so thank you guys for that and I appreciate it oh yeah oh. I know thank you I mean it's been like it's been so awesome um, doing this it's funny because like through the years I think everybody goes through this you just don't you know especially if you move away from where your friends are you'll you'll gradually check up on each other but you don't talk every single day but it's like anytime we would talk, the first thing we would say would be like, did you see the new trailer for 
Yeah. Did you check out the the new like movie that just came out? It was always about horror movies. And then one day I just woke up and I was like, you know, it'd be kind of dope to start a podcast. And I just texted him. I was like, I was like, so let me ask you this: (laughs) a a horror podcast, yes or no? Yes or no? Like, I'm down. As I woke up from my vampire slumber, I checked my phone. <laughs> I thought about it for a second. I was like, yeah, I'm good with this. Let's go. <laughs> we talked about it enough already. We might as well. You might as well throw a microphone in there. <laughs> upload it. <laughs> That's what's up. I like that. Like one question, two word answer, and the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. Uh, but it's um, been a fun so- journey, though. Is there anything, actually, no, strike that. Let me ask you a different question, and then I'll ask the follow-up question. <laughs> uh, what are you? some of you guys' Halloween traditions? Uh, this will be the first episode we have that comes out in real time. Um, so it will be Halloween for people, and we don't have to keep saying it a month early. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, what what are what are your plans, or what do you normally try to do when it's not COVID? Well, first off, happy Halloween. Yeah, happy, right, happy Halloween. It's Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so normally, I always these last few years of Halloween. Usually in Colorado, it's like cold on Halloween, so. If I'm usually, I'll stay at home, get a bunch of candy for myself because I always live in an apartment, (laughs) so we don't get any trick or treaters. (laughs) But um, get some Halloween candy for myself and just do like a horror movie binge. I always have to watch like Halloween four for some reason, Halloween four and five, Hocus Pocus, um. I'm trying to think of what else I usually watch. I usually throw on Nightmare on Elm Street if I can. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. just like get the classics out of the way. And and then if I'm not doing that, then maybe I'll go out to like a bar. Obviously, that's not going to happen this year. But in past years, maybe go out to a bar, dress up, have a drink. Because I was like seeing other people's costumes. Like, I was like mm-hmm. seeing other people are dressing up as. So if I can get out in some way, I I'll try and do that. Yeah, I feel like I feel like kind of the same. Growing up, I was definitely a very avid trick or treater. It was one of my favorite things to do. Um, once I left home, I'm from Chicago originally, but once I uh, came to LA, um, still kept the tradition of dressing up usually every Halloween, and then. Thankfully, I had a couple of friends that were very adamant about hosting Halloween parties every single year. So I usually would have that to look for. Um, I'd get dressed up, probably go to a party. And then if that didn't happen by some off chance, I was very similar to Erica, where I would just line up all of my favorite, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, For me, I love zombie movies, so um, (laughs) Dawn of the Dead, uh, just like... I'd usually throw on Shaun of the Dead just as like a palate cleanser after a bunch of scary <laughs> movies. <laughs> I get a little bit of comedy in there. Um, but yeah, just making sure that the costume's looking right and then the movies are uh, 
are you know hitting that nice spooky spot that's usually my halloween go-to's you you know um i realized today that i lost focus in my halloween training uh, i found myself watching anna the apocalypse i don't know how it happened i i love the movie i'm a sucker for musicals but I was like, this is not the right season. <laughs> so, like, it's a Christmas movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, something, something's not adding up. Although, but I mean, I mean, I feel like that movie is kind of like um, The Nightmare Before Christmas in the sense that it's interchangeable. Like, you could throw it on, yeah. on like, during October, and it still feels, like, Yeah. Correct. I've always felt like one of the appeals of Halloween, too, is it's... I mean, it's the fall season for most people, so it's that transition from the hot summer into the cozy, hot drink weather, sit in your couch and avoid the snow kind of stuff. So, like, I feel like staying in and watching movies has always felt like it should just be part of the tradition. Like, it's I think there's just an air that people start to feel around this time of, like, all right, time to whip out the sweaters, let's relax a little bit. Like, I've always been a huge fan of fall. Yeah, me yeah. too. Uh, same. Especially early it was, fall. Uh, foliage mm-hmm. was the one exciting thing about moving out here to the mm. East Coast because uh, that doesn't happen in Texas. Leaves just go from green to it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it does look pretty out here, but um, I'm going to have to do some course correction before the uh, season is rounded out. <laughs> Normally, I actually own the Weekends, my girlfriend is not a horror fan. Uh, mm-hmm. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she will do uh, kids' horror. So, like, we did watch Nightmare Before um, Christmas, and we watched Haunted Mansion last weekend, Ollie, both mm-hmm. Adam's family. Uh, so she'll do that. I'm warming her up. The other day, I hit her with a text for the uh, Shutterfest, and she just responded back with the crying face emoji. She knows <laughs> so pure. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, uh, she's going to watch a football game, and then I'm going to ruin her night's sleep. <laughs> uh, how about you, Devin? You know, I it's, I love Halloween, and it's me and my partner's like favorite. It's the thing that, like, with you two, it's the thing that actually binds us. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it kind of sucks that we can't really do much this year. One of my, and it sucks because Halloween is on a Sunday or Saturday this year. So yeah, I, I want to go to and LA. daylight savings. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go to the West Hollywood, um, carnival festival thing. And Oh, that's yeah. such a bummer. Yeah. That is such a bummer. Fucking I know exactly Kronos. which one you're talking about. Yeah, that that has always been. I personally, I'll be honest, I've been afraid to go down there because I've heard it's been chaos. Um, oh, yeah. Like I, I like back in my college days because I went to college in Hollywood. Uh, so did Erica. We we would hear the stories of the West Hollywood um, Halloween parties, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I would I would get as near as I comfortably could before like you just couldn't walk without bumping t- into a thousand people and yeah. I'd, find, I'd probably find like a bar around that area and be like this is my this is yeah. my spot I don't want to go deep into the into the depth of this yeah yeah it's, it's definitely a no-go like for me I probably for the more foreseeable future 
Um, Because even if there is a vaccine, I I don't know. People are just nasty. That's one thing this COVID has brought out. People are just nasty. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I can do that. But, um, you know, in this year, I want to hand out candy to the trick-or-treaters. I just don't know how to do that in a way that's socially responsible. Right. So we may not give out candy this year. Um, you could throw so it I, at them. I, I actually <laughs> thought about that. <laughs> I think I saw a meme that was something of that nature of people just standing on their uh, on the side of their house just <laughs> chucking candy at kids. It's such a 2020 mood. <laughs> I was like, agree. <laughs> you badasses. Yeah, I... <laughs> I, I may end up doing that. I'm going to let you guys know how or if we just first candy. So, um, <laughs> but, you know, since it's going to be just us showing out, I'll, you know, I usually make sliders for Halloween. So thanks for Ooh, sliders. Man. And then we're going to watch all the scary movies. Um, we have to do Halloween 78 and Halloween 2018 and Trick or Treat mm-hmm. and a wild card. I'm going to save Norman Elm Street for my birthday. That's a tradition, but... I gotta oh. have, yeah, kind of a dork over here, but I, I, <laughs> I gotta get a, like a wild card in there for. It's funny that you say trick or treat because I I had the weirdest craving to watch that movie yesterday. Um, like while I, I think while I was just seeing Halloween stuff, I was like, what am I gonna watch this mm-hmm. year? And that movie popped in my head. I was like, oh, I haven't seen that in so long. I love that movie. It's uh, so such good. a good one. It's yeah. so good. It's um, so good. So I may be joining you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if nothing else on Saturday. I think that might be on my list. It's really been a while. I randomly had a craving yesterday to watch um, Anaconda 2 Blood Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> so wow. I did. It's on Amazon Prime if anybody else has that, has that urge. <laughs> it, was, it, it hit, though. It was hitting different when I watched it. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I have well, never seen the sequels. I can't, I have to watch. Them. Really? The sec I mean the second one is worth a watch, I think, if you enjoyed the first one because it continues down the vein but like plays up the fun aspect a little bit more and then after that one it's just like pure silliness. Pure garbage. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say less, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've seen it. I remember Morris Chestnut, but I cannot yeah. like me string along the plot right now. Uh, yeah. Giant I, snake I, eats people, right? Just... <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to be fair, I think it's hard to remember that one because the plot of it is re- it's very similar to the first one. It's just that they changed it from like them trying to find a tribe to them trying to find this like flower that like is the fountain of youth. It's basically the same plot they just like change the actors change the mm. like objective and then they're like all right and there's a snake and that's all that matters like, that's <laughs> fair that is all that, that matters <laughs> sounds awful and i can't wait to watch every second of that movie <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait let me know what you think after you watch it <laughs> i will <laughs> yeah it almost feels like you kind of have to now especially because mm-hmm. it's on prime yeah I mean, I like trash, so, you know, I might get some enjoyment out of it. Me, I love, like, sci-fi trash. Like, all mm-hmm. those movies that they play on the sci-fi channel, those, like, creature yeah. feature movies, I 
like those just make me happy. I think it's just because they remind me of like being younger, staying up late and watching them. Mm-hmm. But anytime I watch them now, I'm just like, I don't know. They make me feel cozy. <laughs> Comfort food. I'm not yeah. ashamed to admit that I did purchase um, Jersey Shore Shark Attack, which was a sci-fi oh movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. What that, that exists? The, the Jersey, Jersey Shore, Shore Shark Attack. Well, and then. it's not awful. It's actually surprisingly <laughs> good. And really from um, the shows in it, and a couple of the guys from Sopranos are also in it. And there's some like actors who are not they're not A list actors. Are you not even B list actors? I'm thinking. They can get better work than this, surely. So I don't know, but they need to fill up the script too. I I stand for it. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to check that one. Also, there's a movie called Ants on a Plane. Um, Ants on a Plane. Oh. Um, you may have just sold me. <laughs> Ants alone. <laughs> Not so much. Ants on a Plane. Yeah. Um, that sounds fun. I am adding that as the speech to my cue. Okay. Uh, I do actually want to ask you guys a question since uh, I believe it's along those lines. Netflix suggested to me yesterday uh, Trimmers, Streaker Island. And did you guys watch this or seen it? So it's actually funny that you say that because while I was, right before I watched Anaconda 2, I... I was just because I just watched Crawl, which I really enjoyed. Oh, you did enjoy? It? Okay, cool. I did. I, yeah. I just uh, a couple days ago, I was like, I, I watched this was also on Prime, and I was like, oh, you should check mm-hmm. this out. It was surprisingly good. I was surprised that I was actually engaged in another it Croc is. movie, but it's pretty, it's pretty damn good. Yeah, I and I liked yeah. it so much. I was like, I'm in the mood for another something like this. So I went to that. I went to the Tremors movie. I got about five minutes in and I I don't know if it just wasn't like if I just wasn't in the right mood for it or if I just felt like seeing something I'd already watched or what it was but it just couldn't keep my attention um so I turned it off but I will say like I've only ever seen the first Tremors and then I didn't watch anymore after that yeah, so I'm not a huge like I, I don't follow the Tremors lore. I'm like not super into the franchise. So maybe <laughs> if I was, I would have been more invested. But I, I I will probably go back and watch it though because I I it's on if it's on Netflix, I'm like I might as well. Yeah, I, I think that's how all Netflix horror happens for me. Is like <laughs> mine as well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I did not watch the last Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell, so I'm not sure if uh, this follows that or not. But yeah. I mean, kudos to those titles, though, because those are... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, same for Michael Gross. I feel like he's just like, you guys are going to pay me, I'm showing up. <laughs> I don't know what the record is for most uh, reprised role in history, but he's got to be up there for it. I don't know. Uh, he... Um looks good he's in his 70s and he looks like i hope i can look that good when i'm in my 70s he does he looks i mean not like exactly the same but like he's not right like i wouldn't know that he was in his 70s if you wouldn't have just told me that right (laughs) uh i'm more of a richard dreyfus when it comes to older men because i feel like (laughs) 
he's just looked so old for so long that he's prepared me to enjoy him. <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't want to see a picture. That's what, and that was the seventies. Yeah. yeah, like he was in his mid to late twenties in Jaws, and I. No, he wasn't. Him. Yeah, his he was mid like 20, to late twenties. He was like twenty-seven, I think, twenty-eight yeah. when he had Jaws. Has he just always like been an old man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he came out. He came man. out the womb having a midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that might be the funniest thing I've heard today. <laughs> <laughs> it took a second. <laughs> <It did>. <laughs> <laughs> How do we get here? <laughs> um, I guess that's it. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's let's transition. <laughs> the reason we've all gathered today. Oh my goodness. Uh, to talk about the movies that have scared you guys, uh, either in your formative years or later as an adult. Uh, that one movie that uh, made that everlasting impression in you, or actually it could be a couple of movies. I'm not, I'm not a stickler for numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I'm always interested to hear, and Devin, I don't know if you went back and listened to our our episode, um, but this spawns from an episode where we talked about the movies that scared us. For me, it was Pumpkinhead. Um, Ooh, okay. And Winston's magical, uh, practical effects scared the ever-loving shit out of me. <laughs> and I think that that just hooked me from that moment on. I, I know Nightmare on Elm Street 4 was the first movie my babysitter uh, negligently took me to. <laughs> I, I know I've told the story several times on the podcast, but basically, there was a live Freddy in the theater snatching people out of the seats. Oh no! <gasps> what? Was oh no! To the franchise, <laughs> was ducking down, trying not to make contact with Freddy. Oh uh, my god! Wasn't going to snatch my little ass out of the seats. <laughs> Uh, needless to say, I was scared to turn off and on a light <laughs> the whole night, and I sure as shit did not want to go to bed. <laughs> Great. Where, where were you living when this happened? Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Mm, okay, so or I'm sorry, Fayetteville would be the city, but I my mom was stationed at Fort Bragg. All right, well, so you couldn't do that in, in Detroit where I was living then, growing up. <laughs> it would have been like so dangerous how whether it was there one freddy or there like more than one there was uh, i don't know i I knew the moment it was going down home because you know my babysitter i i don't know she could have been 17 she could have been 40 i don't know Uh, (laughs) but i wanted to impress the big kids right i'm an adult i'm grown you know i still got scooby-doo on my underwear but whatever (laughs) Uh, I just didn't want to like seem like a scaredy cat. However, when we go into the theater, like Freddie is at the door next to the ticket taker, and mm-hmm. I was just like, "What is? Wait, what? What? No one told me he'd be here. Freddie's here. <laughs> he works here." <laughs> I never clung onto a person so hard. <laughs> 
I just look down, look away, Freddie is not going to notice me, and I can get in this theater and hide. Um, so my uh, initial relief of, yes, I made it past Freddie, no big deal, we're good, to, I want to say, 15 minutes into it, he comes into the theater waving the glove around, mm-hmm. dancing in front of the screen, and I was like, oh, I actually, I remember this. This is the moment I kicked my Mr. Pib over. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, um, I like jumped and tried to duck. It was so bad. Um, but anyway, that is, that is my uh, indoctrination to horror. Wow, <laughs> that's bonkers. That's like yeah. a new release. I would be terrified. I feel like I was... this child abuse. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like as a as a young black man, I want I want to be snatched up anywhere, more or less, yeah. North Carolina. I'd be like, no, sir, take me out of this theater right now. I want to go home. I want to turn on Nickelodeon. I want to forget my worries. No, thank you. Yes. Oh, that is terrifying. Simpler times. <laughs> this is not the best. Um. But, you know, I'm here today, many horror movies later. I'm still enjoying it. I'm a sucker for practical effects. And Mm -hmm. fun fact, I didn't learn this until later in life. Stan Winston is from Richmond, Virginia, where I'm from. And I'd like to believe that, you know, we walked down the same street together at one point. (laughs) Yeah. That's my fan fiction, and I'm sticking to it. I think that's fair. So let's get to the big reveal. Uh, As our guest, you are here to tell us about the movies that made an impression on you. Um, It's trickier when there's two people, but I'll let you guys decide who goes first. I remember when we did this with Girl That's Scary, um, I forgot a whole ass person. I apologize in advance. <laughs> um, if this happens. Uh, well, to be safe then, Eric, do you want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go first. And we can get into, like, spoiler territory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so I thought about this for a minute because... Like, I've talked about this before. I was such a scaredy cat when I was younger. A lot of things that weren't even horror movies scared me. Like, there are bits of them that stood out in my mind that would freak me out. But I had to think about a movie that I saw that, like, really, that I just thought about for a long time because the concept of it was so scary to me. And so I'm going to go with Hostel as my Mm. pick. Um, because, I mean, I saw that, when I saw that movie, I mean, I guess I would have been, like, around 13, maybe, when I, when I first saw it, and I think I saw it on TV, so the version that I saw would have been, like, the, you know, the, like, cut for TV version, it didn't even have all the full, like, gore and everything in it. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I just remember <laughs> it was still such like the visceral feeling of like watching this movie 
and the idea that, oh my gosh, there's people out in this world who get off on doing that. I guess that was the first time I ever felt like that, where I was like, oh, there's people out in this world who are regular people. They are walking down the street, living their day-to-day life, but like they have these urges and they want to torture people for fun. Um, That was the first time that that concept really like blew up in my mind. And watching them be tortured was terrifying. And also, the thing that blew my mind in that movie is the main, I mean, the main guys in it, they're not the best guys, you know, they're kind of like douchebags and they are, you know, they're just kids. They're jerky teen, like college boys. But I remember the the one guy that I thought was going to survive because he was, I guess, the nicest of them all. We watched him get tortured and killed. And that, I was like, nah, nah, I can't. I can't do this. <laughs> can't do this anymore. God cut this off. It, it blew my mind. I, I will say that Hostel is one of the few horror movies growing up that I genuinely could not, like, finish in one sitting. I don't remember how old I was when I saw it the first time, but I think I saw probably the unrated version because I oh, saw God. some thing. I saw some things that <laughs> after like <laughs> yeah, should, after, after one torture scene, I remember hitting the button and being like, "I'm just not in the headspace for this right now. Like, <laughs> I'm good. I do not need yeah. to watch this right now." I mean, shoot, it was nuts. It looked so real. I, I mean, up until that point, I feel like I had seen a lot of movies where I could tell that the gore wasn't real because they were, like, older. This one looked real to me. I thought, I was like, I need to make sure these people are still alive because this, <laughs> this is too much. And then, um, also, you know, I've always wanted to travel. It's always been a dream of mine to travel. That movie makes me scared <laughs> to go to a place where I'm the outsider and everybody could possibly be like teaming up against me. Where do you go when everybody in this place is against you? You don't have any salvation. There's there's no hope for me in that movie. And I, I thought about like after I watched it, I thought about that movie for like weeks after. Mm. I first saw it. It's been over a decade. I still think about that movie. That movie <laughs> messed me up. <laughs> I, I I remember this as like the or actually I don't remember the timeline, but it was either Saw or this film came, and it was like the resurgence of torture porn or splatter films. Yeah. And, um. This is a safe place. Uh, are you actually <laughs> an Eli Roth fan? <laughs> so, controversial uh, question amongst horror people. You know, like, <clears throat> Eli Roth, <throat> it's weird. I wouldn't say... I He's so hit or miss for me. Because I don't like... There are a lot of aspects about some of his films. Like, like Cabin Fever, I'm a huge fan of that film. The mm-hmm. the first one. I don't know what this one... The, I don't know why he, like, redid it and it was the same movie. But the original Cabin Fever, I was a big fan of. And then this Hostel, I was a big fan of it, too. I'm not going to pretend like these movies don't have flaws. Because they definitely do. Eli Roth, to me, is very similar to Rob Zombie. And that you can tell when you're watching their specific brand of movie 
and like there's just certain aspects of it where you're like this is so just cut it just just yeah. cut this out like it's so unnecessary mm. yeah. but i i was i went through a period where i was really into like gore and torture porn-esque movies so eli roth really like fed into that craving for me i don't mm. think he's movies tell the most amazing stories but when i'm in the mood for something like that i'll turn to you know i'll watch one of his movies but i don't seek his movies out like i guess i'm just kind of um neutral on the roth on the roth stand yeah when in regards to like (laughs) (laughs) in regards to like the torture porn stuff is I've always felt that, and like as an adult, I have a bit of a more of a stomach for it now than I did as a kid. But I just needed to have a reason. Like I, a lot of times I'll feel like it's a little gratuitous, and like for one, like I have no interest in watching the Green Inferno. Like I've heard so many horror stories about that movie, and I just like I I don't see a reason to want to watch that. I growing up, sure. I did like the Saw movies. Um, but I think one of the reasons I enjoyed the Saw movies was I liked the detective story that was underneath the Saw movies. So even though there was a lot of this gratuitous gore and, you know, basically torture porn, there was still something else there to focus on. It wasn't just watching people get mutilated for an hour and a half. And I think that's kind of where I am now today, too, of just if if you're going to have excessive gore, if you're going to go down this route, I just need there to be some sort of payoff for me sitting through this and holding my lunch through this torturous <laughs> experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a uh, the hugest fan of his work, but I do think that uh, it's hard for me to differentiate if he's a good writer or if he's a good director. And I think that that's the problem is that he writes and directs most of his things. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's like, mm, maybe you shouldn't do both. <laughs> like, there's, there's a reason why they're two different titles. Like, yeah. he could be a great director or a great writer. Um, you know, if you want to make the Saw comparison, it took Lee Wanell, uh 10-ish, 16 years before he started to direct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but he's a great writer. He knows how to build a story. And uh, the only qualm I have against him is that he may, or the Saw franchise may or may not be the reason why Trick or Treat got shelved for two years. Fair, uh, yeah. Instead yeah. of coming out. Or that's the rumor myth, or what have you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I, when you phrase it like that, I definitely think that he is better as a director. Um, but I also think earlier on in his career, the movies had more of a story. I think he's leaned very heavily over the years into like the gore guy. Um, Mm. and that's his main focus now. And so the story kind of plays second fiddle. Um, it's more of like a means to an end. He's just like, okay, how can I get to this torture? Um, this happens and this happens and it doesn't matter. Whereas, like, Hostel and Cabin Fever, for me, the story led to the gore rather than the other way around. Yeah, and it leads, at least to the scare, too, because I do think, like you were saying about Hostel, a lot of the scary aspects of it is putting yourself in the shoes of the people 
were getting tortured in the scenario. It's like, it's mm-hmm. a very easy premise to think you're just on vacation and now you're stuck in this torture porn movie. Whereas in the green inferno comparison of like going out and seeking this stuff, I feel, I feel a little less attached to those people as I do for some of the earlier work. So I kind of agree there. Right. Yeah. I, like, I like the idea of Eli Roth versus the reality <laughs> of Eli Roth, because a lot of his films, to me, like, the story, I, I can get behind, I mean, maybe except for The Green Inferno, but I, a lot of this, like, knock-knock, and um, even I couldn't understand the commentary he's making with the first two Hostel movies, but there's mm-hmm. something that's very bro about him that colors his films. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing, but as a black gay guy, it's kind of like there's a disconnect for me that's automatically there. Now I'm not saying that I'm not saying that that invalidates his films for me, but it's just you know it's it's a bit of a hurdle getting into some of uh, of his films. Yeah, no, I can agree with that, and I think that's my biggest qualm with the Hostel movie is those characters are just so mm-hmm. they're so bro. It's really yeah. hard. Like, when you're just sitting there with those characters, that's honestly probably the, like, biggest slog of that film is the beginning where you're meeting them and just listening to them talk to each other. Once it starts to get into the actual, you know, plot with Mm -hmm. the hostel itself, then I'm on board. But, yeah, that first bit with him, I'm like, oh, God, please. Torture them already. I'm sick of it. (laughs) Sick of the conversation. Joe Rogan made a horror movie. It's hard to get into. <laughs> yep. That's what it comes like. <laughs> Did, that's, pretty, you that's pretty spot of, on. Have any of you seen any of the Hostile sequels? Yes. Hmm. I saw the second one. I've seen the second, but I can't, like, right now fully remember it. But I feel like I watched the second one as well. Did that course uh, correct any of the broness from the first one? Oh man, I wish it did, but it didn't. <laughs> well, and I I think you know um, the second one, you know, it totally goes in the opposite direction where now you're following a group of women. That's right. Who, okay, I did see the second yeah, one then. All right. Who are essentially in the same situation, except you know it's three women this time, and I definitely think it's another one of those instances where it's like I can tell that a man wrote this dialogue mm. for these women, um, because they're almost all caricatures of. It's like, oh, I'm the, you know, I'm the party girl. And then, like, oh, I'm the serious conservative friend. And then, like, I'm in the I'm the one that's in the middle. And I'm the other one. Like, those are what the three girls mm. kind of fall into for me. So that's when it starts. Once we get to the second one, I already feel like we're in that space where it's like, okay, this story is starting to become irrelevant. We're starting to get into, you know what happens in the torture room it's a lot more of a focus on that for me so i'm not a huge fan of the second one i'll watch i'll throw it on for some background noise but i'm not invested in that one as much i have a okay. i have a quick question just off my memory which of the hostels has the scythe bathtub scene which one is that's that? two that's two yeah. okay yeah. that scene messed me up i will say that that scene yeah um, that's the best scene of the movie for me 
Yeah. And it's based like, on the not real the Princess thing. Diaries, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't see the second one because, I mean, the first one just turned me off. And at that point, I just, like, I, I love horror movies. I just, I don't like to see torture. So yeah. I'm like, I, I don't need to see the second one. I did see the third one. And the only reason I saw the third one is because it was filmed in Detroit, which is, oh. I'm from Detroit, so I have to watch everything that's made in Detroit. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't. Uh, you know what? It actually wasn't that bad. It wasn't good, mm. but it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It's okay. probably like Anaconda three level. <laughs> so, if I had to guess, okay. I've okay. never seen it. Yeah, me neither. I mean, you have, but. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it didn't really bring anything new to the table. Right. Well, and I think that's what's so hard about, like, that concept. It's kind of like, I wish I wish he would have just done the one and been done. Because that concept really works with the one story. But then once the more you do it, the more you do it, you're like, okay, what else? Like, yeah. I get it. What else is going to happen? I I think if he would have just stuck with Hostel and called it a day on that whole story, story put a pin in it I would appreciate it more but you know just thinking back to like younger me watching that and being so freaked out by that idea I definitely have to give it its props in the sense that it unlocked a fear within myself that I didn't even know that I had (laughs) so (laughs) I will give him the props for that first one yeah, I think it could have stopped after the first one. I agree with you. I was just daydreaming about it. And, like, I think the absence of diversity or and or possibly theorizing, I do this from time to time, um, I don't think any person of color or real-life color is actually not villainized in the first two films. Like, all the bad people are foreign people. Jay Hernandez's character... It's forced, it's seemingly forced, but he maybe he's not really a good person. Uh, versus Lauren Germain's character in the second film, she's just, no, I'm going to use my privilege and this is the way I'm getting out of this. So it was just mm-hmm. like, wait, why, why is that? Is that intentional? And I'm literally just thinking about this right now. I have to rewatch both films now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's a weird thing, like, because I remember even so, I can't remember where they were, they were tourists from, but you have the two girls in the first film who are Asian, and one of them is, like, killed, or I'm sorry, two of them are killed, like, right off the bat, and yeah. then I remember watching it, and I was like, oh, the third girl he saves her and they get away but then she ends up killing herself as well and they were just such like throwaway I I I really liked the idea of this person you know it's like they get away but then they see the like they've just been disfigured by the torture and they're you know because I do like dealing with like the emotional damage of situations like that happening it's not always going to be like hooray we got away everything's perfect now so I did like that idea but but it was just such a throwaway like I 
I feel like they just needed some tourists and they were like, yeah, throw them in there and just kill them mm-hmm. right away. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, just get rid of them. And I was like, they could have done so much more with those characters and, you know, or just taken it in a different, slightly different direction or something. But I mean, I get what he was going for, but I don't know. Slightly, slightly missed the mark for me on that one, too. It's true. I mean, fodder characters can usually kind of like make or break certain movies for me. If just like I I understand the nature too of like having characters that you need to just use as a vehicle to explain like the horror of things that are happening. But you, I always see each character as a different opportunity of like that's something you could do with the movie. And if you just axe them from the beginning, it's like all right, we get the idea that people die here, but there might have been something more you could have used this for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would appreciate any director that's just bold enough to do a jump cut kill. Like that's the opening scene of like someone getting solicited. Like <laughs> no context. That's just the tone we're setting. And you know, four or five people have to die in that scene. That's fine. But at least we know like they're throwaway characters. Like we don't need to hear them talk. We don't need them here to see them do anything other than die. And now mm-hmm. seeing the cadence for this film. Um, I've yet to see that. Uh, Hollywood, feel free to use that idea. Uh, <laughs> well, I would say I, I'll give um, the Hills Have Eyes remake a little bit of a pass there. I think they kind of did that with their opening sequence a little bit. Okay. I feel how you will about the rest of the movie, but like the first scenes, just people getting pickaxed left and right. And I'm like, this is. This is okay. No, I, we never even got to see their faces, so it's kind of <laughs> along those lines of like we we don't need to know who they are. They're dead. Yeah, you're sure. I, can't believe I, I didn't think that. the '07 remake is my favorite of the two compared to the original. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's kind of sad. It? Nice. Yeah, yeah, I I will watch The Hills Have Eyes to the original. I, I forget the year, but the original. Um, but I don't really ever watch the original Wes Craven one. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's such a, di- it's crazy how different they are. Because um, we did an episode about them, or, well, it was about the, the remake, but we kind of compared the two. Um, and so we watched them, you know, back to back. And it's actually kind of insane, like, how different they are. Yeah, they're Not very different tone, movies. But, yeah, and story-wise, they veer off quite a bit, um, which I thought was I thought was cool. I love I love when a remake you know does something still keeps the ideas and feels like a remake, but does something different at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, and yes, I do. I think there's only one horrible example of that it's Psycho. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think so <laughs> whatever that conversation was with the producers, clearly <laughs> oh um, my God. no one was paying close attention. But it, it's it's fine. It Gray. happened. Um, yeah. Gray. How did you not mention Black Christmas? Um Oh know, yeah. I have recently I I read a review of the craft. Spoiler alerts, if anyone doesn't want to hear anything about the craft because you haven't watched it yet please stop listening, but uh, 
after I read this, it made me feel like it was like a spiritual sequel to Black Christmas 2018. Oh, no. I don't want to give that away. If you guys have watched it or not, I don't know. But No, uh, not yet. I'm yeah. very wary. I, I, I don't know. And I, like, I'm very, I understand I never want to knock when they do do those kinds of things because I understand they're trying to bring it to a different generation. But at the same mm. time, movies like The Craft and even Black Christmas for me, they still hold up. Like even watching The Craft now, it still feels very fresh. It's still just as enjoyable. I imagine if I showed that to a 15 or a 16 year old, they would like it you know there might be a couple things that will feel outdated to them but i think that they would still enjoy it so i don't know yeah i, just I saw agree the trailer and i was like oh, i don't know about this one <laughs> <laughs> like they, I, I totally get that remakes have to happen like it's just a thing to grow new customers or fans <laughs> um mm -hmm. but like for me <laughs> i you know, last year when Screen Factor came out with the new DVD, I was like, not first in line, obviously, but like, I stopped everything I was doing at work to pre-order it, and it like it still excites me to watch this movie. I've seen it twice this month alone. I probably watch it three or four times a year on average, anyway, when it's not COVID. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't want to say it's too soon, um, the but. It just kind of okay. feels like there's a certain like nuance to either like rehashes or like remakes or what have you. I, we talked about this in one of our episodes, but like one of the movies that messed me up as a kid was Child's Play, just because Erica knows this. I hate dolls. Like any horror dolls are, are my weakness. <laughs> yeah. That is my kryptonite. I cannot stand dolls. Um, and I, I love the original. I love the original Child's Play. And when we talked about the remake, I know a lot of people didn't like it and like it wasn't the best movie in the world. But for me as like a remake, I thought that I was happy they at least tried something different. And I like when a remake decides whether or not it's going to pay homage to the movie that it's remaking or it's going to take a different route. I don't I don't think I like when they middle of the line it and they can't decide between the two. I'm like either you're redoing the movie or you're making or you're, something different. Like, I just need one of those two. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh my God. That movie was disrespectful. Was it was so, so rude. I was very upset. <laughs> I think Jackie Earl Haley did a great job with what he had to work with, but yes. that is the only nice thing I could say about that film. Yeah. yeah. I, he, got, he, he did good. Yeah. He got. I, I, Shatted on, shitted on. I don't know it's the past tense, but he got shatted on really bad for that movie. He didn't deserve it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't. I I think a lot of people just you know, so many people are so used to Robert England, and I understand because he's a he is Freddie. But at the right. same time, you know, I don't think that I I appreciate that for the new one he tried to you know. He didn't just be like, oh, I'm going to do exactly what you know, the original Freddy is. I like that he tried to be different. But I think because it's Freddy Krueger, everyone just put all the blame on him because it's his, you know, he is the guy. He's It's his movie. 
But I'm like, out of everyone, I think he deserves the most praise because he, he, man, he was carrying that movie on his back. Like, <laughs> yeah. So hard. Yeah. And he, he just couldn't. It was too much weight. And I was like, it's, he can't solve the whole movie himself. Yeah. I, there needs to be some self-editing with Michael Bay. Like, he, like, I'm so thankful. I know it's a divide between Jason Blum with fans, but, like, I'm so glad that someone else is buying up these properties or IPs um, mm-hmm. just to get someone else's uh, influence on these franchises. Like, yeah. you know, uh, I like aspects of the Friday the 13th remake, but as a whole, I hate how he tried to shove three films into one to get everyone up to speed instead of just making your own thing. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> I didn't like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, that's you didn't. Oh. I just said I stopped. <laughs> I got Literally, like, did you I not did hear not. the pause? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we recently just uh, revisited that film, or I just recently revisited the film, but we covered it on the podcast, and I do have a different love for it now. Uh, that was not his intention. He just needed Jessica be all wet, and that was it. <laughs> oh my! Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, again, it, it's a different type of diversity, but diversity throughout the horror community, I think, will help people usher in these new things. Um, you know, cause I, I'm waiting for Happy Death Day three. You know, not a lot of people are. <laughs> I kid. I never saw them, but I actually have a couple friends who very much enjoy the series. And I was like, really? I, I had no plans to actually go see it until I heard people actually enjoy it. Um, it's like it's like Evil Dead to Army of Darkness for me. It's like a mm, lot of people okay. thought, or Evil Dead too. I guess you can lump them together, but like. You know, those are more serious, and the Army Darkness was almost full of slapstick. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, I think, Happy Death Day is the same way, where the first one tees up for a slasher, and then the second one goes straight into horror comedy sci-fi, and almost completely drops the slasher element, which didn't bother me so much. Um, mm-hmm. But I can see how that would annoy people, too. Oh, Okay. I mean, if it adds a fresh feel to the movies, I'm always game for it. Like, especially if a movie tries to be serious and then after it comes out, all the reviews clearly don't take it seriously. I'm always like, just double down, go comedy, <laughs> just just go with what the people see and what they want, and you'll have probably a better movie. And that's yeah. what brought us Bright of Chucky and Seed of Chucky. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's actually kind of insane, like, going back, I always tell people if they've never seen any of, like, the Chucky movies, I'm like, if you start from the beginning, it's not at all what you think of Chucky now. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not the tone that you're used to seeing these days. It's done, because, like, rewatching the first one, it's dark, it's a very dark movie, Mm -hmm. much darker than I remember it being when I was younger, but, yeah, it's, like, very serious. Yeah, there are a couple of jokes thrown in there just because Chucky's, you know, he's a little sassy. So some of the things he says is funny. <laughs> but it's a pretty serious movie in tone. 
and each movie and even the second one the second one was pretty serious as well i haven't seen the third one in a very long time but i think the third one kind of starts to get a little bit more comedic if i'm thinking back the third one is just like like we're here we don't know what tone to um, you know, sit with, so we're just gonna make a third movie. It's it's kind of all over the place. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. And then and is it does it go from it goes from the third one to Bride, right? Right. To Bride yep. or Jackie? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's quite the jump. <laughs> <laughs> quite <Yeah>. the hurdle. <laughs> but I like that first child plays definitely. I, I think I, I saw the first, I saw it when I was a little bit older, so it didn't scare me quite mm-hmm. as much, I think, if I would have seen it when I was younger. Shoot, child's play terrified me. What are you talking about, girl? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, agreed, <Brandon>. agreed. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Yeah, child's play was terrifying, as, but I watched it when I was like young. I remember seeing yeah. that I was like, Dad, we can't have no dolls. We can't have nothing. I don't even want my action figures anymore. Them motherfuckers are going to come to life. Someone <laughs> had, understands. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I had G.I. Joe action figures, too, and that made it worse. I was like, just imagine getting shot by all these little little G.I. Joe Special Forces Army Troopers. I'm not going out like that. At the age of like, no, no, uh-uh, I ain't about that. <laughs> That's the worst part about that. That's why I hate dolls. It's like, it's one, the dolls are creepy, but it's just the audacity to die by the hands of a doll. Like, of all things. Of all things. Like, everybody that Chucky kills, I feel for them because you got killed by a two foot and a half (laughs) piece of plastic. Like, that's not not the way anybody wants to go out. All I'm thinking is like, and th- like, because you know, we have some of these movies that involve dolls. I'm like, you don't let this little doll sit on your sit on your shelf for like three years. It knows your patterns. <laughs> it knows what so, you're doing. Why why are we doing this right now? This should not even be a factor. Throw the doll away. So <laughs> let me ask Roshane and Brandon a question. Oh, um, joy. Were y'all not at all terrified by the Annabelle movies, especially the first Bruh, one? Let's go ahead and talk about that. You want to talk about it? <laughs> I mean, I not a time. long time. <laughs> Not the first one, not a long time, but sure. What you got? I saw that, that in garbage. theaters. Mm-hmm. I remember I saw it by myself. I mm. love, I love going to movies by myself too. It was I the one mind. time I regretted not going. To <laughs> I had nothing to grab onto, and make note: the movie had been out for a hot minute, so there's no one in the theater but me. <laughs> My heart rate was through the roof. I was like. <laughs> And of course, my, my punk ass, I, I have my phone out, and my buddy, he's already saying, he's like, whatever you do, do not look at the movie theater ceiling, because she'll be looking right at you. I'm like, I'm in the theater right now. If I don't make it out, tell my girlfriend I love her. <laughs> tell my mama I'm sorry I tried. Tell my dad I got shot by somebody. Don't tell him I got killed by a damn doll. <laughs> this is at the first Annabelle movie, right? We're talking about the first Annabelle, right? Oh no, I'm talking. Yeah, the first one. Oh, the second one was worse though. I, like worse, I, ha- like, I have a for really, you or... really like irrational fear of dolls. Agreed. Agreed. Now like, I, I ain't gonna let that that show visibly, but I see one. I'm like, nah. I need to just go ahead and just take it and rip its head off and call it a day. See, Chuck, Chucky is always 
I, I think shook me more than Annabelle has, though Annabelle still creased me out. My thing is, even though I'm more scared of Chucky, never will I ever go visit that actual Annabelle doll, wherever the fuck that thing is. Like, no right. thank you. Not a thousand feet from that place, I shall guess. <laughs> Actually, near Gray. No. Oh, no. Oh, no, absolutely not. not. You need to burn that whole state. <laughs> <laughs> like, think about it. Like, real talk. The reason why, because I agree with you, Chucky is much scarier than Annabelle. And here's the reason why I think that. With Annabelle, it, it, we're dealing with a lot of possession things and everything else. Uh, supernatural, if you will. But Chucky, yes, is supernatural. But he's going to supernaturally stand up, walk over to you with a knife, and stab you. It's close mm-hmm. and personal still. I don't want to look into the doll doll's eyes while I'm dying. They're not going to move. They're not going to blink. No remorse, <laughs> nothing. There's not even, like, rage, like a hint of anger. It's just, nah, you dead, fam. Cool. Mm-hmm. Next target. That's terrifying to me because I can fight it, but I'm not going to win because magically this doll has, like, superhuman strength, too. I've always thought about that, too. It's like, how, how does nobody just kick, just punch Chucky across the room? Like, when he's trying to... Precisely. That? That's, That's all you gotta do. Because me, I would be like, that would have been the swiftest kick known to me. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, need you guys to address this for Christmas. No, no, no. I'm telling you, guess what? I will literally find a way to, like, deliver it to you and have someone burn it on your front porch. That's how bad it is. I will light flames and mail you the flames. <laughs> you get the ashes for what you did. About yourself. Think about what you just did just now. Think about it. Well, Shane, I, well, Shane, I don't think we figured out your, the movie that got you into horror movies. Yeah. yeah. What was... Well, it was kind of like I kind of prefaced it with like Child's Play was one of them, and like I think it it really was. Um, like it definitely instilled that whole irrational fear of killer dolls. Um, I would say if I was gonna pick another one for the genre, because I said a shit ton of times that I'm a huge zombie fan. Um, one of my favorite zombie movies is Twenty Eight Days Later, and I remember seeing that yes. when I seeing that when I was Thank younger. You so much. And it's such a good movie. Um, but I remember seeing that movie and watching. Now, I, had, I hadn't really explored the zombie genre too much at the time. But I remember seeing this group of people, like, uh, like we were saying before, be pretty strategic in how they're trying to survive. And just watching this universe just keep dropping bomb upon bomb on, on them. And, like, they're doing their best. They really are, and just in between them dealing with these rage and do zombies to dealing with the people that exist in this world, like, post-zombie apocalypse was just so fascinating to me as a child that, oh, yeah. like, it just, it definitely opened up the floodgates of me wanting to explore this idea of, like, if these man-eating creatures invade the world, what happens next? Like, that idea has always fascinated me so i've always loved to see different people's renditions of that idea however 28 days later is definitely the one that's like sat with me the longest so i'm not even gonna lie with you if i could right now i'd I'd give you a hug because (laughs) 28 days later like i i remember certain movies that have certain effects on me and they have certain certain things in time that make it significant i watched 28 days later i remember i was like what the fuck because like it's very wild and very fast when you're actually paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and 28 Days Later, I also had the sequel I liked, which is 28 Weeks Later, which, make note, most of the time, I'm not really a sequel person. 
So with 28 weeks later, I think it made it even worse because you see the characters just same thing, doing literally everything just to survive. And um, I remember there's one scene where, oh, it was a scene where, um, spoiler alert, the husband goes to visit one of the people that he left behind. I think it was his wife, and he gets mm. Yeah. And I was eating pizza. And the, the, the pizza bit the wrong way, so there's just sauce going everywhere. So I look down at my pizza. I look up at the screen. There's blood, and I immediately put it down. My best friend's <laughs> next to me. I was like, you know what, Amanda? I'm not really hungry oh, anymore. We can finish this movie. We can finish the food after we're done. Cause that, like that, that shit, like just straight yeah. up, just side zoned me. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> they're pretty. They're pretty gruesome too. Like, I, there's definitely more gruesome uh, scenes and films out there. But like, when people die in the 28 series, like they they definitely die, and yeah, it's pretty it bad. Decapitation normally. Yeah, and I will say, like, I've. I've flip-flopped about my feelings about 28 weeks later. I used to not like it, but people sold me on it after a couple extra watches of it. It still has one of my favorite opening sequences in a horror movie ever. Yes. Like oh, the, when he's trying to get out? Yeah, that mm. the whole scene with, with them in that cabin or whatever is one of the best uh, scenes I've ever yeah. seen. I, yeah, and, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I, When you watch that in theaters, because um, I did see it in theaters, too, I was lucky. I remember... Cause I like I watched it later on with her. I remember seeing it in theaters, and there was it was a full house, and we're watching. We're like, "What the fuck is going on?" Some dude's like, "I don't understand." We were really confused until it left forward, and we're like, "Oh no, oh that's what ha- he just left all his people." Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so like, there's there's that element of mystery that they always included in those movies, where it's like you're kind of unaware of what's going on initially. But then once you find out, you it, it, it fucks you up hard. Yeah. And watching, because at least in 28 weeks later, like that moment when he's in the bathroom and he closes the door, like watching people be very human in this horror scenario, not not superhero, not super soldier, not none of none of this like exacerbated stuff, like watching someone make a very human decision based on the idea of survival. Which like, is when safe you throw- self. Yeah, Period. save yourself. Like when you throw that into a movie and like you force your audience to just sit with that, I'm like, that's a that's a great choice. Like I'm I'm always team that. Like, oh yeah. And and with and definitely with that scene, it it, it kind of forced like oh, no, it forced me to reach the reality of it. Is at that age, I had, and and with where I was at in life, you damn right, I'm gonna save myself before anyone else. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm a teenager. I ain't got no kids. No wife, nothing. My girlfriend lives like you know two blocks down. She gone. If they get to my house, sorry, no, she gone. I'm a caller once. If she don't answer, that's fine. But I'm gonna look out for myself first. Now it's a little bit different because I have a wife. I'm gonna be like, nah, I need you to live. But no, back then, as a single teenager, fuck that. Everyone could die. I'm staying alive. Damn it. And, and a lot of people they don't really think about. It. They're like, oh no, I could save everybody. But it forces you to hit that hard reality. Like yeah, what do you what do you do when everybody you care about is just dying all around you, <laughs> and you yeah. either make the choice of being a hero or seeing tomorrow? Like which one do you really do? And there's another scene that was in there that I wanted to kind of highlight because you highlighted the first scene, and that's that's I feel like that's one of the most iconic scenes from that movie. If there's one that was going to be iconic as well, it was the scene where they're hiding behind the car. Spoiler. Mm-hmm. Alert. 
hiding behind the car, and homie's like, "Listen, I need you to trust me," because they were getting because they were dealing with hu- the human element of it too, of them trying to get sniped by other humans. Mm-hmm. And they had they had military dude with an old badass, eh? And he's like, "I'm gonna have to sacrifice a kid to get the job done." He looks at the little boy. He's like, "Listen, I need you to run to the next car as fast as you can. When I say go, you just keep moving. Don't stop for nothing." Just to draw the other sniper out and kill him. And once again, I, I was in the military. I'm like, in that situation, would I have done that? Mm-hmm. No, because, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a child. But then you look at all the other factors, which is, cause once again, military mindset. I'm thinking strategically here. The kid's running. They're not going to shoot the kid just free will. They're going to look and see if there's any other threats. So really, the kid is not to be shot at. They're going to shoot at the person that's aiming at them once they see him. So technically speaking... Because, once again, human element. They're still humans. They're not going to target the kid first. They're going to target the, the person that's actually trying to kill them. So you factor yeah. all that in. It's a really terrifying situation to be in because you have to trust that your mind is right. Because I remember I paused that when I watched it. And I was like, make note once again, I've seen this movie like 30, 40 times. And this is after I'd been in the Army for about seven years. I'm looking at it. I'm watching I was like, I can honestly say I would have thought of doing the same thing, but it probably would have went different. But I would have thought it, and the fact that I would have thought it makes me feel bad, but it also makes me shows me, hey, dude, you're fucking human. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like zombie movies scare me, because I, I know I'm not making it. It's just something I've been <laughs> I've thought about it many times. I've tried to get a plan, if ever yeah. something were to happen. But I'm like, it's yeah, it's like you have to be very critical and you have to come up with plans and ideas and there's all of these different elements against you and even to be put in the care like the in the first movie to be put in that main character's shoes of uh, you know can you even imagine if this has already been going on and you wake up and everything's obliterated everything yeah everything is you know, everything that you've always known is gone, mm-hmm. and suddenly there's people, rabid people, running at you. Um, yeah, I would have been dead. Kudos to him for, you know, <laughs> getting out of there, because I, that would have been, that would have been the end of the movie if I was the main character. <laughs> the first five minutes. Yeah. I, she would have been like, well, I guess credits. I'm not making it. Credits. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you, Erica. <laughs> I'm not making it through anybody's apocalypse. Like, and if the <laughs> Wi-Fi goes out, like, I'm done. I can't handle it. Oh, I mean, I could go, I can go on and on about the, the I, I have a, a legit, somewhat legit plan now that I know that my wife is, has, well, she's in school to be a nurse, but she's actually, like, has legit nursing and medical skills. And I know well, a bunch of military people. And I'm like, cool, we might live. Mike. Well, if, if it's edibles involved, Brandon, I will go up to Colorado and like, shack up with you guys. So, Bruh, you know. Yes, uh, make note. I already told her, I was like, if there's a zombie apocalypse, I either need, like, like let's just go ahead and just think about it. We're going to go rob the dispensary, and we're taking as much marijuana and edibles as possible. Because if I die, I want to be high as shit when I die. Yeah. I mean, and more than likely, <laughs> I, I will Let be, me laugh but, while my yeah. arm's getting ripped off. <laughs> Though that, I'm sure that currency in the apocalypse would be worth a lot. <laughs> it's just like cigarettes in a war, man. It's just like cigarettes in a war. Yeah. Or water. Or water. Yeah. 
All right. I think on that note, I'm going to bring it to an end. Um, before we go over, Shane, Erica, is there anything you want to plug? Where can people find you? Uh, what are your next projects, next episode, etc.? Sure. Um, so we are, we're homies of horror on all social media. Um, we have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can listen to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google. Um, we have new episodes every single Monday. And now that October, for October, we did like different themes every week for our episodes. We also did The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor. We did bonus episodes on both of those. Um, so we've got a plethora of episodes if you guys want to catch up. <laughs> but now we're going back to our movie reviews. So starting on Monday, we are going to be doing movie reviews again. Awesome. You guys are busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, we are out, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.